Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. All right, what is up, Gypsy Gang? We are back for the first of our 2020 Supercross Companion episodes. Uh, I had Dee Wilson in the studio with me, so I thought we would uh, sit down, do a bit of a guide of how you can actually watch the Supercross live because Foxtel here in Australia uh, doesn't show it live. I think they show it uh, a delayed like 4.30 or 5 p.m. Uh, on ESPN. Um, but if you go to our YouTube channel, we show you how to sort of break down and, and actually watch it live. Um, or you could kind of listen to it it's at the start of this podcast as well. Um, but yeah, so we sat down and just talked through basically how to watch the race and then uh, had a bit of a browse around the internet, uh, some of the talking points coming into Anaheim 1 and ended up with a, uh, a pretty fun podcast. D killed it uh, on the mic for his uh, his first appearance on uh, on Supercross Companion. So just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors before we get into it. Uh, first of all, the guys at MX Store, huge supporters of Australian motocross and Supercross. They, are, or they have been instrumental in getting Jay Wilson over to the U.S., um, that played a big role in that. So a massive thank you to those guys. You can head to mxstore.com.au uh, to get basically any bike, accessory, part, gear, anything that you need to keep your iron pony running strong. So once again, mxstore.com.au or you can head to their showroom, their brand new showroom in Burley. Uh, also got to give a shout out to the guys at Rival Inc. Uh, 2020 bikes are well and truly uh, rolling off the showroom floor now. If you need graphics or jersey prints done for this racing season um, or just to rep your own brand uh, or sponsors or just freshen up that bike, give it a little bit of a personal touch, head to Rival Inc. Design Co., Dot com uh, and if you use the promo code Gypsy Tales or Gypsy Gang on checkout on their online store, you will receive fifteen percent off. Also, got to give a big shout out to the guys at Cricks Tweed. Uh, they are the local Mitsubishi dealer in Tweed Heads, and they uh, have come on board with Gypsy Tales, and we are now rolling around in a brand new 2019 Mitsubishi Triton, and I'm absolutely pumped. Uh, it's the first time I've ever had a, a new car, so uh, extremely stoked to be working with those guys, uh, and I've already taken it out a bunch of times uh, to do some riding and camping and stuff like that, so um, massive thank you to those guys. We've got some really cool content coming up in January with those guys as well so stay tuned for that 
Uh, that's it for now for the sponsors. Just want to uh, say thanks to everybody for supporting Supercross Companion last year. It's back for 2020, uh, and we're going to work to make it bigger and better than ever. Enjoy. All right, we're doing it. We're going. We're back for 2020 uh, Supercross Companion. Actually can't believe it how quick uh, this season has come up on us uh, every year. The hype of A1 is real. I'm joined in studio by my homie, D. Wilson, former ripper himself. Uh, then he decided to wad himself and uh, now he's stuck here. Um, but D, one of the main dudes in Oz, fucking coolest cat going around. Stoked to have you, bro. Yeah, thanks very much. Pumped to be a part of it all and uh, it's been a long time for me coming to this kind of uh would you say industry like i've always been around dirt bikes and i've always been into the media kind of thing and i've wanted to do it for a long long time and yeah jace jumped at it with an iphone edit and was like do you want to edit for me i was like yeah let's go sick bro all right so we are on uh for the first of our supercross companions so basically if you're new to uh, Gypsy Tales and you haven't watched any of these before uh, what we do uh, within like the Supercross Companion series I guess you could say is uh, we well, the main thing is like we watch the races so we've got the studio set up this year um, we've got a pretty dope set up actually with our new studio so we've got the TV watch the races and not necessarily like commentate the races but I guess just react to them as they're happening it's a, it's a lot of fun but that's tomorrow. Today is our pre-Anaheim 1 show. Um, this time every year, I always get a bunch of DMs from Aussies asking how they watch Supercross because it's sort of never on live um, over here for some reason. It used to be, but it's sort of gone away. So we've got a bit of a guide uh, that we've put together for how to watch Supercross in Australia. Um, so the first tab we're going to go to is the uh, supercrosslive.tv. So you can buy, this is a subscription deal for people that are outside of the US um, because the NBC coverage is only for people that are uh, basically their internet browser is, is in the US. So first way to do it would be to go to uh, supercrosslive.tv. Um, D, you signed up for this this morning. Where did you go to? to 20s? Oh, sign up for Supercross Video Pass. Yeah, so I, just, when I clicked on it, there was an ad that came up, but yeah. So up just... the top in the middle there, down a bit. Yep, there. So Supercross Video Pass. Uh, so it's $129, um, but that is in US dollars. So what did you say it worked out to be about $180? $185, yeah. $185. So uh, that is one way to get it done if you are in Australia. That's like the easiest way to do. So uh, $30 per event or $129.99 US for the year, which like we said, works out to be about $185. The other way to do it, I think it works out to be a little bit cheaper, but basically there's a service, so like the, I'm going to go full base level for people that just don't know what computers are basically. Um, so the problem is you've got an IP address and then that is located in a country. So when NBC says that the online broadcast will only be allowed to be aired in the US, that's how they do it. Uh, so basically what you need to do is you need to have a VPN uh, which reroutes your IP address to whatever country that you want. So uh, it's kind of been like a, a legal sort of a way to like pirate shit because I guess this is what you're doing is like you're 
backdooring to get basically say that your computer is in the US. Um, but it works really well for this. So the VPN that I use is uh, VPN Express. So we'll put that on the next tab. Um, go to uh, get Express VPN. I think it is, yeah, it is $12.95 a month. Um, I've got these anyway because they're sort of, they're just good to have like it kind of protects your identity on the US if you're into looking up any weird shit. Um, yeah, so I'm sure of, there's a lot of these out there. Yeah. There's definitely a couple. Um, so I just use these in general just for like even emails, bank accounts, all that sort of stuff. It sort of just scrambles your uh, VPN. So you're essentially like kind of anonymous on the web because basically if you don't have a VPN, your computer has just like a, like a registration plate basically. So any, any activity that is less than, uh, less than kosher can be tracked back to you. Uh, but basically what you do, you sign up for the VPN, you install that. Uh, if you want to go, uh, actually, you know, I'm not going to go into that. If you get ExpressVPN, just type into YouTube how to use ExpressVPN. All you do is you basically choose the country that you want to set your VPN to. Uh, so obviously you're watching, you want to watch American Supercross, so you're going to set your VPN to United States, turn your VPN on, and then you're going to go to NBC Gold, which we've got queued up here. Yeah, oh, here we go. So Supercross Pass is seventy four ninety five US. So that's going to work out way cheaper than if you go through the Supercross Live. So um, yeah, basically you've got two options to watch if you're outside. We're, we're framing this if you want to watch it in Australia. Um, but basically anywhere out of the US, the best way to watch it would be supercrosslive.tv, uh, which works out to be about $180 um, for the past Australian uh, but if you sign up for a VPS VPN service set your VPN to US uh, and then you buy the $75 package for Supercross you can watch all the qualifying and everything on both so um, and I would recommend if you want to watch on an iOS device it's the same thing so an iPad or an iPhone you can get VPNs for your iPhone um, but I'm not going to go through how to do all that. Uh, the best way would just be to like go to ExpressVPN or any of the top VPN services, watch a YouTube tutorial based on the device that you want to watch Supercross on. And then once you've done that, uh, you go through by the NBC package, but it, your VPN has to be set to the US when you sign up for the um, NBC gold pass so basically um that's how we get it done so for anyone that wants to watch supercross uh that's how we do it can you just go to watch now for us because i want to see the start time so tomorrow morning uh australian eastern standard time uh the qualifying starts at 7 a.m in the morning um and then the main race starts at 1 p.m australian eastern standard time so check your local wherever you are in Queensland or Sydney. Um, we will be doing the Supercross Companion um, live. We just won't be broadcasting it live. So we'll, um, we'll be putting that out uh, basically as soon as the race is done. It so is. Oh, no, that's yeah so that's glendale yeah um all right so let's get into just some now that that's done let's just get into some general uh pre pre a1 talk bit of bench racing while we're here um do you just want to go to that racer x tab the 10 things to watch at a1 all right so scroll down picture of old chad 
Uh, so the builder. Um, so I'm just gonna basically we'll just scroll through a couple of Racer X articles. Um, the legends at Racer X always have have it going on. So just kind of I guess reacting to some of the stuff that is around the internet uh, pre A1. We should like we should start like a vital forum thread for Supercross Companion. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. And then get people to... Because Vital, they always just post tons of different random stuff, different yeah. things for us to talk about. Might actually do that. Or if somebody in that listens to the podcast wants to do that, that could be kind of cool. Yeah. Um, or even like a Reddit thread. I feel like Vital's probably a good place for it. Um, so yeah, the build-up, nothing quite compares to the pressure and anticipation Anaheim 1 has. Um, the old saying goes, you can't win the championship around one, but you certainly can lose it. That's been kind of like Eli Tomac's DLA. I feel like every year for a while, his campaign at the start of the year has like really hindered his performance. Yeah, always the first few rounds, there's the bad races and the, the eighth places and the yeah, the crashes. But well, like the DNFs that he yeah. has early in the season. And then just, it's, it's almost too late, but then he just wins yeah. from there on out. And then comes into a motocross on a massive high and then wins that championship, <laughs> yeah. Um, the Wild Wild West. So Dylan Ferrandis is set to defend his 2019 uh, West Coast title, uh, but he'll have a new challenger with rival uh, Adam Cincerello moving up. Um, Austin Faulkner will be on the West this year. Uh, Faulkner won five races last season before injuring his knee in a brutal crash at Nashville. Um, so, yeah, basically we're seeing like a bit of an East versus West shootout. Uh I'm interested to see what Ferrandis will look like um, now that he's won the title. Because, like, he hadn't even won a race until last year. Mm. And then he – so he wins a race and then wins the title. Um, I feel like at those East-West races that they combined last year, Faulkner and Ferrandis were fairly similar in speed. Those East-West races, AC was way better than everybody. Yeah. But I feel like those two could be pretty – pretty solid like close speed wise i think um Ferrandis is going to be fast now that he's won the championship mm. um he's always going to be so confident after that and then i know faulkner's always quick but coming he hasn't raced for a while since mm. his knee injury so i don't know i don't even think he's really been on the bike a whole lot like no, it wasn't like he was like come halfway through motocross and started riding again he yeah. didn't ride until the end of the year so it's like i don't know how much riding time he's done but he'll still get he'll still be fast he's always there yeah he's just a young kid with so much talent and i wonder he's just got to learn oh he's just got to learn to stay on i think that's the biggest thing yeah i wonder if it's a case where we saw ac crash so much and like crash his way out of titles have big injuries i i feel like there's a certain amount of reflection that happens when you're an athlete and you're at the top and you see a championship slip away through to injury i feel like there's a lot of growing that happens in that period so i wonder if that is something that will come into play with faulkner because like he's been one of the best lights dudes and so dude how's this for a little bit of insider info so that whole this is from what i hear anyway that whole deal of um ac going to cowie 450 that was all hinged on Faulkner losing that title. So from what I heard, if Faulkner won that championship, he would have had would he have had to go up? He would have got AC's ride because 
basically AC hadn't delivered on a championship in all of those years, mm. Faulkner would have that would have been was that his third season or second season? I think it was his third. Yeah, so, so in last his, two years he's been winning yeah. the crash. Yeah. So his third season he would have won a title. So that was like a big big sticking point of like that was like a major jigsaw piece of the puzzle mm. for Adam then going on to the four fifty because I heard that there was like other teams that that basically they were Cowie was stuck mm. because they got two dudes coming out of lights that have been Cowie their whole careers and if Faulkner won that title he would have been the only one out of Adam and Faulkner that actually had won a Supercross title obviously AC went and won the motocross title but a lights motocross title mm. doesn't really carry that much and weight I've, I fully understand that because like from Faulkner's like position he would have deserved that ride more than Adam mm. but then I still think everyone would have been like what the, what the yeah. fuck like AC would have been way on a 450 and I, I truly think that but he straight up would have deserved it but then you know it what, what happens happened and yeah crazy little deal though so mm-hmm. yeah I don't know how much of that I just I overheard some people talking I'll just say that <laughs> um, but yeah so that was like a big sticking point of AC actually going to like ending up at Cali on the 450 so anyway don't shoot the messenger I heard it um, and yeah I'll I might get in trouble for saying it but um, yeah, anyway, interesting. Um, but yeah, so the Ferrandis thing, I feel like Ferrandis is the kind of dude that could just be so confident from winning a title. He had a pretty good run outdoors, um, was definitely the second best guy to, to Adam outdoors. So I don't know, man, I feel like that would, that will be like one of the tightest sort of battles, um, for the championship. Um, Tomac and the A1 curse that, oh, that's, so that's kind of what we said before, um, Go go up a little bit. Um, it's hard to call Eli Tomate not winning the Supercross opener a curse. Um, yeah, so he crashed out of the lead in 2018. Um, yeah, and then he's the rider with the most wins in the last five years and still hasn't uh, punched off an A1 win. Uh, Tomac has 27 career wins now, far more than his competitors around him. So why is A1 always slipped through his glass? Um Crashed in 14 with Weimar, missed a bit of the season. Crashed in 15 as well, finished the main event in 20th. Um, he picked up a fourth in 16 and then had a massive arm pump issue and dropped from second to fifth in 17. Finally snagged his last. Dude, that's his only time on the podium was last year with a third behind Barsha and Roxon. Tomorrow night is his seventh A1 as he looks to start the season on the right right foot. Dude, Ken has won three. Ken's won three A1s. I feel like Ken and Tomac, they just switch places. After mm. the season, Tomac just goes winning. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when I feel like Roxon just, all these niggling little things, and no one really knows what it was last year. But. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, dude. So, Roxon is tied with Chad, and oh, who else was it that had three? Him, Chad, and somebody else had three. So it's like really legit company. It's like three pe- uh, mm-hmm. people that have won Anaheim um, three times. So, uh, but yeah, so that'll be interesting. I feel like Tomac just needs to just try and do the podium thing for A1. So, uh, so scroll down a bit, dude. Uh, starting over, flashback to A1. We saw Wilson lead most of the race ahead of Malcolm Stewart. 
Uh, neither rider won. Things are looking up for both. And then Stuart Crash broke his femur at Glendale. Wilson rode well before suffering a shoulder injury. Um, yeah, so Dean is going to be at... I've got Dean to talk about him later, but he'll be at A1 after doing his hip at Monster Cup. Uh, and then Malcolm. I actually had Malcolm down to win a moto at Monster Cup. Like, mm. I've just seen that motherfucker do so much crazy shit on a bike. Like, I honestly think he's as talented as James on a bike. I just think that Malcolm's body type doesn't let him do the same things. Like, he's a really, really big dude. Mm. And I think that that inhibits his movement a little bit on the motorcycle in comparison to James. Like, James was perfect size for a dirt bike him and ricky same sort of size chad there's like a size that happens like jay's a small dude you're a small dude like most guys that kill it at motocross and supercross are kind of small dudes so i really honestly think that malcolm is as talented yeah he just just built like a gridiron player yeah he's just (laughs) fucking massive and it's like that's a lot of weight on the bike that's a lot of um you know just inertia like you're on top of the motorcycle like it's got to do a lot but then you look at traditionally the guys that have been super fast through the whoops kevin windham was great through the whoops tall dude pastrana great through the whoops tall dude mm. uh davy Millsaps, maybe one of the best dudes ever through the whoops i yeah. hate to admit because i don't even like him that much but he's an awesome dude through the whoops and then Malcolm is an awesome dude through the whoops. Weston Pike, big dude, awesome yeah. through the whoops. Yeah. So there's definitely, for Supercross, I feel like there's some advantages. Um, but you've got to think about, like, I mean, I know in relation to it, it's like he's um, lives in his body. So it's not like he wouldn't be used to mm. going up and down. But you think about how many times you do a squat on a motorcycle from when you go from sitting to standing. It's a lot of extra weight requires more oxygen that there is a lot of stuff that's why you don't see guys his size at the tour de france mm. you see a small a dudes lot of at the a tour lot of people france. underestimate riding a dirt bike and that, then that's as just, how physically hard yeah, it is you're like i remember being in school people were like you don't have to be fit to ride a dirt bike but bullshit like, yeah and the proof like yeah. they've proved all that stuff now yeah. so yeah i think malcolm is one of the more talented dudes in the field um I honestly, honestly think Malcolm is top three most talented dude in the field in terms of like raw talent on most. Oh, he's a skill, freak, like bro, yeah. freak. Yeah. So um, yeah, so I'm excited to to see Malcolm. Obviously, he won a moto. He's on a great team at Moto Concepts. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, gonna be a crazy year for him. Uh, and then Dean, I'm gonna talk about Dean later. Uh, so yeah, Chad Reed won the opener in 2003. Um, and he'll be starting his third decade of racing 17 years later. Uh, if Reed can make the main event at Anaheim this weekend, he will be his 250th start, uh, and that will extend his own record for the most career starts. Um, but yeah, this is the last one for Chad Reed. So this is kind of, I even got goosebumps saying it, dude. Like, mm. And he posted, um, do you just want to open a new tab and go to his Instagram? See, I told you this shit would go late, dude. We've already been going for 30 minutes. Really? It's crazy how quick it goes, eh? Um, yeah, so just Chad Reed Instagram. And then you'll... There's like a post he put up today, which was pretty cool. It's crazy. You know, all these dudes, they have this... Ta- yeah, that one there, first one. They have these moments of reflection as they sort of get towards the end of their career and they sort of all realize the same thing. Mm. And it, it's kind of cool to watch it, to be honest, because... 
that you know they get in beast mode and when they're in like the prime of their career it's like there's no point thinking about all this shit yeah. and it's like it's cool that he gets a chance to do this now because chad's a very sentimental dude he's a very he's like a i think people think chad's a dick in in a lot of ways and he really isn't like he's a really like sensitive caring nice dude yeah. and it's like you've got to play a certain i guess like character to be a gnarly supercross champ kind of guy no but, definitely you know underneath it all he really is like a nice sentimental dude um i but, think maybe towards the end of his career he's kind of like softened up yeah a lot because uh, i remember like when he was factory yamaha like two strike days that's when I think people thought he was might have been a bit of a dick. Yeah, for sure, dude. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, last night was surreal. In all my years, I've never just stopped and taken it in. Always dragged from one place to another. Uh, or your mind going a million miles an hour. Uh, that won't let you stop for 60 seconds and just go, whoa, how freaking cool. Uh, that crazy... Um, has Chad, you spelt some shit wrong here. Uh, been my everything for the past 22 years. I've actually fucking loved it. Last night, while very busy doing many different media commitments, I finally took 60 seconds uh, to think all my 11-year-old self wanted to do was race in Anaheim, uh, race in America, but in particular Anaheim, just like Jeremy McGrath. Last night, I literally had the whole stadium to myself. It was the weirdest feeling, like I was doing something wrong. Not one felled guy in an orange jacket controlling your every move. In fact, I didn't even put one full lap together. Um, as it felt so weird. Uh, thanks to Supercross Lifestyle for the moment, I finally stopped and took it all in. Um, so a really, really cool moment because it is like a crazy feeling when you get to the stadium and you see that track. Like I even had that same feeling at Marvel this year when I walked in for um, the first practice that I saw and I walked under the... Um, like that the sort of like the second row of the stadium was like overhead so you didn't mm-hmm. see the roof and the lights and everything like that mm-hmm. and as soon as i walked past that i just had that massive like moment where it just hit you of like how fucking epic yeah. supercross is to be in a stadium and and especially to see how big marvel was this year oh. after like and not taking anything away from the people that have held a round of supercross this year oh like the last five years but like to see the level that it was mm. at was insane it was as good as this yeah 100%, 100%. um and then you know anaheim like have you ever been to anaheim no dude there's just a feeling at anaheim one there's <laughs> a there's a feeling in the pits there's a feeling in the car park everybody no one knows what's gonna happen yet there's been no precedent there's been no laps there's you've got all of the speculation, all of the test track videos, all of the Instagram videos, all of the moving and shaking of new deals and they're on this new suspension and this guy's moved to this team and this guy is now here and they've got a new suspension guy. So you kind of, you hear all of this stuff. It's all that, it it consumes the industry in a way. Mm. And every, like that whole thing is then piled into the stadium. And yep. that you feel that energy when you're there. And all day, like, it's the most watched first practice. It's the most watched qualifying. Everybody is just so focused on what's happening because it's so natural to try and pick winners and get favorites and see who's going to, like, how it's going to play out. And that all happens from, you know, the moment that you walk in there. Yeah. And the, the it's packed every year. It's sold out. The opening ceremonies, you haven't seen them yet. 
Mm-hmm. There's just all all the storylines, all of the energy. It's all in that one race, and it's for sure the coolest event uh, of the year. And man, the no matter what riders like, whether it's Brayton, he's the oldest dude in the field, or if it's Chad, the guy that's got the most Supercross starts in in history, or Adam Cincerello that's about to make his debut, or Roxon that thinks he's going to win the title. Mm. All of those guys get nervous for A1 more than any other race. And I don't think a rider would get as nervous for a race until it's one of those, like, we could clinch the title kind of moments. So that's the level of anticipation and excitement that A1 brings. They do all these days at the test track. They do all these days at Vegas Factory. Like, they put so much effort in, and it's like, it's all for now, like... Was it worth it or was it? Did I do many? Do I did I do enough laps or did I do like you know like did they do everything right? Yeah. And then it's all there in A one. It's a test, and if if they actually did, so yeah, it's so sick, dude. Um, so what else we have, go back to that? Um, go back to that first. Now I go back. Yeah. So after Chad, all right, uh, take two. Um, so yeah this was just talking about the rookies so yeah we've got Aaron Plessinger he's back on Monster Cowie Zach Osborne uh, Justin Hill I'm actually really excited to watch Justin Hill this year he's on the new Moto Concepts uh, bike with uh, teammates with uh, Mookie and Free so that'll be a good team he's on a good bike I'd expect him to do pretty well um, obviously Savachi is out with his broken leg sustained at Marvel so heal up soon to Joey and also watch Joey's vlogs he started vlogging too so I'm not mad at it. So go and sub, uh, sub up to old uh, Savachi's channel. Uh, and then full plate, uh, we saw and, and later heard how winning the title affected Jason Anderson. Uh, so how did the defending champ Cooper Webb handle the obligations? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, I don't think Coop is the kind of guy that will get rattled by having the red plate on his bike. One bit. No. Like, absolutely one bit he's the most like gamer dude in the class i read something and it's like um cooper webb will pull up to the start line with a bulldog face just every photo you see of him and he just doesn't give two fucks about what's going on around him he's so into what's going on with himself and he's won titles before he knows how to handle it i understand it's a 450 title but you know like he's a bulldog and he's he's got that big dick energy that's what cooper webb's got cooper (laughs) webb has that big dick energy son um, so yeah, I just, I can't see. I just can't see Coop being affected by. I mean, I'm sure the pressure will be there, and there will be some effect of it. There's no way that any rider can block it out 100 percent unequivocally. Mm-hmm. But there's a difference between the noticing that the pressure's there and then letting that pressure affect you. So I think obviously he'll know there there will be weight to that red plate but i don't think it's enough to throw off the balance of the bike if, mm. if you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah, yeah so i don't think cooper webb gives up plus he looks fast as fuck yeah that and too. it's his second year on that bike yeah. the program's going to be better mm-hmm. the bike hasn't really changed that much they've just got more time on it yeah. he's obviously got crazy confidence in that team crazy confidence in the program mm-hmm. i know too the guys that are on the bakers factory program they find it easier from year to year mm-hmm. so the first year i remember ando saying the first year that he went to um alden's he was just like dude it was bad i think i was there actually the first year that they were on that I'm pretty sure i was actually 
And he was like, dude, it's fucking brutal, man. Mm. Like brutal. Just barely hanging on, especially during that boot camp. Yeah. It's like they're barely making it through mm-hmm. that time. But notice even in that boot camp, like, oh, wouldn't even say Anderson, but like Webb, you don't see any posts on Instagram, like nothing. And it's just like they're honestly just working like yeah. they don't have time for any other shit. Because they're so tired, dude. Yeah. Like they're, they're so tired. Mm-hmm. That's like AC, he just plays video games mm. and he watches a bunch of sport and stuff like that. Like they're, even when Ken, when Ken was on Alden's, we used to play golf a bit mm-hmm. and there were days where I'd be like, let's go play golf. Cause I, I played every day after we filmed mm-hmm. and then Ken's like, dude, I'm too tired. Yeah. So he was too tired to play golf, golf <laughs> with a cart. Like that's the level of fatigue yeah. that these guys get on the Baker's factory program. Mm. So, but that being said, every year I think their body gets a little bit more adjusted to it yeah. and not to mention this is only Coop's third season in the 450 class mm-hmm. so it's not like he's one of these seasoned vet dudes yeah. because that's one of the things and this is this would be like my only I think AC is going to win a bunch of races this year mm-hmm. especially because of how good he is as a starter and we saw that at Monster Cup and his first debut race he won he won the overall on a three race format so you know you can talk about consistency or whatever but it's like that is literally consistency mm. he got good starts every moto stayed smart every moto had the speed to win so i i think that he will do so well in races but it will be interesting to see how the, the his conditioning will go over a full season because it's double the amount of races it's longer laps it's more pressure the whole the competition's crazy like he rode away in basically every race last year yeah. that he won, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's, I think, the thing with Cooper is that it's his third year in the 450, so that he's got more of that base. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, speaking of those two in the same sentence, we finally get to see the AC Cooper Webb shootout because, like, Coop lived in AC's shadow. Mm-hmm. for the whole amateur like his whole amateur career it was full like what we've got now with those two is like a full-on dungy villapoto or villapoto alessi kind of deal yeah you always yeah. would see the guy that alessi was the king dick amateur yeah and he was the guy and then as soon as he went pro uh villapoto it's just from years of just getting absolutely worked by alessi this it just does something to their mentality yeah and, and he's just like fuck this i'm sick of getting second place for this yeah. guy and then just ran on ran off to do his thing and I kind feel of like, the same thing with yeah Coop. yeah 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 so it'd be interesting man and like there's there wouldn't have been many times as an amateur where coop would have come in as the favorite over ac or with the title that ac didn't have so it'd be interesting to see how that whole how that whole deal plays out but man and Coop is just like you said he's just that bulldog dude and I don't I don't know man like you get a guy like Coop that's just like that I spoke about it a bunch on the Supercross Companions last year just that alpha big dick energy Mm -hmm. it's like that's hard to deal with man week in and week out it's like it's like playing a, a pickup game at LA Fitness and then you go there and every week as you see that one dude and you're just like, he is going to play this game like a dog. And it's like, you need to be ready for that guy every single weekend. Yeah. And Cooper Webb's kind of that dude. It's the biggest mental game. Like sitting next to Cooper Webb on the start line, like I guarantee he don't look at anyone and go like, what's up? Or like, yep. 
thumbs up. I'm, I don't know if those dudes do it on the AMA start line, but like, he wouldn't give a fuck who's next to him. No. Nah. He'd just be looking like... And there's guys like, when you... Even Ricky, it was funny, Ricky admitted that at Marvel in the... Oh, maybe New Zealand in the press conference. Um, and he was saying him and Chad would both be like, dude, I just am sick of going to races knowing that James is going to do some shit I don't want to do. So they got all week to just think about this fucking guy Mm -hmm. coming out, jumping crazy shit, sending it through the whoops and making them push a pace that they don't necessarily want to push. I don't think Coop has that in terms of like the speed that he's going to take it. Yeah. But it's just like... It's like in the UFC, you fight a Diaz brother. Mm -hmm. You just know you're not getting out of there quickly. You you know what I mean? You know that when you fight one of the Diaz brothers, that it's not like, I'm going to get rid of this dude in the first round. It's like, no, that is, you you got a 20 minute supercross moto. You are going to have to deal with Cooper Webb for exactly 20 minutes of that moto. And guess what? You're going to have to deal with that dude for 20 minutes every single weekend for 17 weekends that mm-hmm. you know he'll bring that same mentality and i think that is what makes him so hard to deal with it's what made him super hard to deal with in the lights and it's what made him hard to deal with in the opens you know and then you think about the way that he beat ken at houston last year when he come up the inside beat him by the slimmest margin in supercross history all that shit stays in their mind man all of that stays upstairs. Like, that's baggage that, that all these dudes carry through. It doesn't matter how good your mental mentality coach or your life coach or whatever you have. That shit still sits, yeah. like you said, still sits on your mind. I guarantee Ken Roxon's thought about that day or that night many times. Oh, and huge, he, he might He won't admit it. He'll never admit it because he might think that's another game. But Yeah, 100%. Yeah. They all play that stuff. Um, all right, so scroll down stepping up um uh, rockstar energy michael mosman at the time he's gone most of them was re-signed yeah i'm excited to see mick um brenton hart raft uh and then cameron mcadoo yeah so there's a couple dudes um all right so let's get on to the the aussies um right now so the other australians this is the most aussies we've had at a supercross race maybe since jdr had all the good aussie dudes over mm. there because yep. at one point man there was like ty simmons ryan marmont uh josh Kasia, and uh your mate reardon were like four dudes then you had chad and then mossy was then there you had well. yeah mossy was there you had metcalf there so there was like that was a that was a different time for the last few years it's not been it's been pretty much just chad really mm. um but this year we've got uh jet lawrence on the Geico honda team you have luke clout who is on the penwright honda team which is a pretty cool story in itself uh your actual mate jay wilson <laughs> slash brother <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> um and then aaron tanty and then joel whiteman have uh, all made the journey from australia to california to take on the ama supercross good luck mates um yeah so this is pretty pretty rad news really and then you add chad like we said so uh pretty solid contingent have you got any uh inside information on jay wilson uh nothing too much just i've been speaking to him much as i can with the time difference and obviously he's got a family so he doesn't really have time to be sitting around on his phone but Mm. um he just he got to ride the yamaha test track a couple of times yeah so he wasn't riding that before 
like when he first got there that wasn't like an option right nah so from what I understand Josh organised a meeting with Yamaha and then he got to go Coppins yeah yeah and so Jay went and met the Yamaha bosses and Sick. the big time dudes in America and like, then yep, Keith yeah the next party whatever yeah, yeah and then um within the next couple of days he was riding there but then they also had a lot of rain so I don't yeah. think anyone's done a whole lot of riding the last like month or so um so yeah he went and rode that and he said it was gnarly because all the star boys were there and then both uh, factory dudes were there like uh Basha and Plessinger and he said it was wet and then no one was going to ride it so he's like I need to go cut a line in. and then he said it was so so yeah, slippery yeah we watched that video just like <laughs> yeah. casing like doubles and shit yeah yeah um but yeah and then he rode a couple of sand tracks like just motocross because like, like I said it rained a lot so then there were, the best thing you can do is just get ride time so mm. he was just him and Wardy went out and threw a set of motocross suspension in and yeah they went and done some motocross in the sand yeah down at Nuevo Road um and then so You've obviously grown up racing uh, Cloudy and Tanny and all those boys. Uh, yep. Based off what you saw this year in the Supercross Championship here, how do you think Luke Clout will go in America? Do you think that he should have gone on a try to stay on a 450? Do you think the 250 was the right move? Where are you at with Cloudy? Um, obviously, he killed it in Supercross this year. Um, had the red plate there for a bit over Brayton yeah. st- straight up beat Brayton and let's also mention real quick on Cloudy too that he qualified fastest in at Marvel he won his heat race then he won Super Pole and that wasn't just over Brayton that was over Ando mm. as well and the whole field Chad was there uh, there was a, a really solid contingent at Marvel and he really he held really it, he held it together out. like for sure dude yeah and having the red plate in 40 over Brayton I mean there's there's all the pressure in the world yeah and then um to go do that and then unfortunately the circumstances he had in the finals yeah but, he shit the bed on that one for mm, sure like it yeah. was first lap Play, yeah. come on bro we love you um, but that's a crazy learning experience man like yeah. you have to go through that and eh? he, he held it good like he copped it and he yeah, understood and he, it and he was like fine like I learned I know what yeah. I need to do and He's just going to use that as a learning thing for all this year when yeah. he comes back. So It'll make him so much better. Mm-hmm. That, you know, obviously it sucks you want to win that championship. but And then it just goes to show, like, that you cannot, um, you just can't beat experience, man. Like, experience really does pay the bills when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. Um, what time is it? You, I just don't want... Oh, fuck. you got to bounce soon. What's the time? Five. Um... So, uh, and then Aaron Tanny, uh, oh yeah, so, sorry, I cut you off. Um, so with Cloudy, how do you think he's going to go? Um, he'll do good. I'm, I'm going top. Ooh. Could you see him on the podium? Mm, maybe in the coming into the yeah. further into it, but I think top 10. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think he can get top he's 10. Top 10 yeah. I think he's he riding good five. and he's confident like yeah. from his supercross and then to step back onto a 250. Like and he's not a big guy, no. So like he can ride a two fifty good. Yeah, he he's always ride a good a two fifty good, and then riding four fifty and now stepping back, he's and his style like he can he, u- he use yeah. really yeah. uses the bike and yeah, yeah makes it makes it work. And so I think I'm going top ten. You know, I reckon he's got. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. He will get top six. I reckon he'll be somewhere inside the top six. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Aaron Tanny, you heard that he's just crashing. <laughs> Uh, I just heard he had a crash the yeah. first couple of weeks he was there, but um, but then he's been riding Yamaha track with Jay as well. Oh, that's so sick. like he's he's fine. Um, yeah. but yeah, Aaron can start. If 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 you know Aaron, he can 
pull a bullshit start. Yeah. She's got a better better reaction time than Alessi, I think. Yeah. Um, it's frustrating because I tell Jay, I'm like, just like, what are you doing with your starts? I was like, what the fuck is Tanny doing? Like, <laughs> and then, um, but he'll be fast if he can stay on. If he yeah. doesn't get overwhelmed with the whole A1 and the yeah. Supercross, American Supercross, I think he'll be fine. Um, yeah, he's another if, dude that if could he be can top make, 10. If he can make... Yeah, even the night show, like that's uh, the main event, like that's a big thing. And yeah, yeah. I can honestly see Jay being in the top six as well. Mm-hmm. I think that there's no reason that he can't do as good as Cloudy. Jay's a different type of rider, though. Like, he's not going to be the balls out speed yeah. using the bike the way that Cloudy does. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the kind of guy that's going to get a really good start. He might get passed by a couple of dudes and then ride a really solid race. Consistent. And his fitness, like, he won't yeah. make a mistake. Um, that's that's the, his biggest thing is consistency. Like, he, he he's never the one to qualify first. But yeah. then all the dudes, are like, they can put down a, hot, a heater lap, but then Jay can do his fast lap every single lap every for lap, a moto. Yeah, yeah. And then that's, like, come, like, a 30-minute moto at motocross, you know. Like, that's what helps at the end of the races, you know, so. Yeah, I, and I think that uh, from what I saw, too, obviously California's had a bunch of rain. So from what I've seen of like Ken's GoPro lap that he posted today on Instagram, uh, it looks kind of ruddy mm. and it's going to be soft. And I think that they're the tracks where the fast dudes can make mistakes. Like you can be super fast in those conditions, but it's very, very easy to make a mistake. I think the, the guys that have the really crazy speed always do better on the tracks that aren't quite as rough or yeah. as ruddy. That's why you'd see Marvin always kill it when it came to those ruddy sort of crazy technical tracks because mm. they're more the set up for the like... guys that are really picking and consistent mm-hmm. jay's that dude so i think that could be something that plays into his favor and then it's more physical on you when it's rougher and and ruddy on a supercross track and, and he'll be sweet with that yep. um and then there's jet lawrence the fucking wonder kid mm. Straight I'm, excited. Up. I'm excited to see jet dude <laughs> man he's like Jet is the injection of youth that Supercross has not had for years. Yeah. Dude, the lights class used to be this youthful exuberant, this place where you'd have these wild kids come in and just crush it and have heaps of flair, heaps of personality, but slowly that has gone away. Mm -hmm. It's the lights class is as serious business as the 450 class. Now you've got a dude like, jet that's come in he's 12 and is just like wanting to have fun you know he's got so much time ahead of him and i really hope that inside his camp they're saying dude just don't crash and have fun and i I know i I feel like i know darren enough and i've I've grew up with jet hunter um i was under the same tent with them from the age of because you were teammates right yeah yeah Yeah. we're just under acadian brisbane tent and like every weekend Jet was there running around with his mates in the pits and then would come in and just win 85 and 65 class by a minute. Yeah. <laughs> and then just come back, wouldn't see him again. Yeah. But then even Darren, I saw him at Marvel and he's just like coming. He's like, did you see Jet through the wolves? He was just like blown away. He was just laughing about it. And he goes, he's, he'll be fine come A1. He's just, just got to take time. And like he wasn't he wasn't pissed about the mistakes that he might have made. Like yeah. he was like fully understands it. And I feel like from the day that... Jet and Hunter have got on a bike. Darren has taught them how to ride a bike properly. Yeah. And that's why they're such good riders. Well, I think Hunter's technically one of the best riders mm-hmm. in the world. Technically, yeah. the way he rides a dirt bike is just 
as textbook mm-hmm. as it gets. Jet's yeah. a little bit different. Jet's a bit more of like the kind of wild man. Yeah. But still, technically, he does some incredible stuff. Yeah. So I definitely agree with you there. Yeah. I just think that... I just hope that it doesn't get to the point because I can fully see Jet winning races. 100%. For, I can see Jet getting hole shots and yeah. it's like, see ya. Yeah. It's done. Oh, but I mean, that's kind of a big call with like Ferrandis and and Faulkner. But he'll be right there. I just hope that he doesn't be so right there that he's in the thick of the championship and then that experience, inexperience will yeah. like come up and bite him in the form of like a crash or an injury or trying to go too hard during the week because that's what Townley said really ruined his career was the fact that he would go so hard through the week. He's tried so hard that he would get injured um, while he was training. So I really, 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 really hope that uh, the pressure doesn't mount because he becomes a victim of his own success, if that makes sense. I don't, I feel like that won't worry Jet because Jet's just young mm. and he's not worried about that. Like he's even said in interviews, he goes, pressure doesn't worry me. He's like, I'm just out there riding my bike. And that's all he's doing because he's just a kid from Landsborough yeah. that went to school. When he wasn't at school, he was break dancing. He used to do a hip hop class. <laughs> he was a sick dancer. <laughs> and then just was riding his dirt bike. And then, like I said, he just is hanging out with his mates. He's just a kid still. And it yeah. doesn't, I don't think it doesn't worry him at all. Like the whole, all the hype, like, he froths everyone sharing the donut shit. Yeah, um, he loves like, it. Though. And that's just he's just a kid. He's just sharing yeah. that stuff on his thing. Like the other day he went to prom with a girl from America. Like, prom. Yeah, prom. Yeah. <laughs> prom. <laughs> um, yeah, and he's just, like just, he's just a kid. Yeah. And now he's racing A one. Yeah, it's sick, dude. I I man, he's such a good kid. They're such a great family. And I just I think as an Australian, it there hasn't been a better year. We all get the chance now to follow Chad's farewell tour which is going to be awesome. And then we've got Hunter, we've got Jay, we've got Tanny, we've got Cloudy, we've got uh, Jet. We've got all of these young Aussies that are absolutely ripping and have so much potential. It's the first time in a really long time. So I, I really hope that this year is a year where all the Aussies just fully get behind those boys, just mm-hmm. put the hammer down and really like give them as much support as possible. Um, uh, I think that's it for that one. Um Maybe uh, we won't go into the stats because it's starting to already crack on time-wise. Uh, Moto Spy, I wanted to talk about that. Red Bull have just released their new season four of Moto Spy. Uh, obviously, Wes uh, and the team, Danny Stew and the boys, they're, uh, they're the homies, the super homies. Uh, I watched it and I know the quality of work. I was there working with those guys. I've been on board with motospy projects uh probably season two one and two i film with them and the quality of that series in season four is out of control mm-hmm. the storylines are epic i love that they're following ac i love that they're following ken uh they're really broad spectrum of guys that they're following i just i think that they've stepped up such a crazy level and i'm so excited to watch that it's it's actually mind-blowing that's like netflix quality good mm, and they're 100%. putting it out every single week dude yeah i didn't want it to end i was just like i kept looking at the the time bar and i was like shit it's almost finished dude so yeah, true man yeah. what was your favorite bit that stood out on this first episode uh probably roxon roxon and his uh, agent oh yeah, yeah you mentioned that before they were talk- steve Astafin. yeah they were talking about how uh, can extend his contract. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's the sort of shit. You don't hear that sh- sort of shit anywhere else. Like, yeah. And they're just talking about 
like um, I think he says like oh, it's another four long, years with long, the ball yeah, yeah four years with the ball but that's like that's sick yeah. like doesn't obviously it doesn't mention any money or anything but it's just like it's cool that he's talking about his contracts like yeah. usually you don't hear that shit from anywhere like yeah it's all so hush hush mm. I thought it was really cool as well on the Ken bit the fact that uh, they showed him having kind of a shit day because mm. I I mean to relate it back to my own riding experience I, when I was at Townley's I felt amazing every single day on the bike I was like dude I'll just ride all day every day just keep filling my bike up with gas and I'm gonna keep riding I was having so much fun my first ride back in Australia I went and rode a sand track that was rough as fuck my bike felt like an absolute dog and I was like I'm done dude I'm going home I can't ride motocross I suck at this yeah. and then I went and rode the at Treno's grass track over New Year's fell in love again mm-hmm. so that's the reality for all of us yeah. and with Supercross media you never see the good dudes have a bad day so I feel like me, any media you don't ever see anyone's bad days you don't yep. ever see the good shit on Instagram, yep, Facebook. Yeah, the highlight reel. So then, yeah, if you can see that he's, like, he admits, like, no, today was shit. Yeah. But then, like, see if I have a shit down on a bike, I don't go ride for a couple of months. No, I <laughs> but do. He, he has to suck it up, like, tomorrow's going to be better. Like, tomorrow's yep. going to be my best day of riding. So. Yeah. No, so that, that's what he admits in it, too, like. Yeah. No, that was really cool. And then you sort of saw the same thing with Cooper when it was his first day back on the bike. And he was like, man, my lungs are burning. And then he was talking to Zach and then it was that was like a real moment of like sick reality tv like had me so in when he goes he says uh cooper says to zach oh dude tomorrow i'm not ready for tomorrow i got 220s and then zach's like oh, i'm not doing 220s it's like oh yeah no it's on my schedule yeah so you you're even seeing so deep into it that you're not just like seeing them at the baker's factory you're actually seeing them comparing their schedules of who's mm-hmm. doing what and i just thought dude it's fantastic to yeah. do i was so pumped and so happy for wes uh so happy for jeremy and eli and steer like all of the team anthony at red bull they all work so hard to make that series a reality they do it with half of the budget that um I don't even know if the guys want me saying that, but it's like they just don't do it with the same budget as some of the other projects. Mm-hmm. And, man, I looked at the first MotoSpy from last year, had 1.3 million views. Yeah. So they're doing their damn thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm excited to watch that season um, as a super fan of Supercross. Um, yeah, I think it's yeah, I think it's awesome. Um, so I had your Aussie update. That's done. Do you want to go to the rider entry? Um, it's one of those next race, next one maybe, next race or next tab. Yeah, so go down. I'm just going to do like a quick run through of the um, of the class. So this is in rider number order. So this isn't in like any particular order. So don't jump on us about who we're reading first. Uh, Cooper Webb, Eli Tomac, Aaron Plessinger, Adam Cincerello, Justin Brayton, Cole Chisholm is back out there, Dino, uh, Zach Osborne, Jason Anderson, Chad Reed, Malcolm Stewart. So that is a deep field right there. Um, And then you go to Freddie Noren, who's actually on the JGR Suzuki ride. Tyler Bowers um, is on a factory services Kawasaki. Davalos, oh, Davalos is on the Team Teta 450 this year. That's right. Um, Kyle Cunningham is on a Suzuki. Justin Hill is on the uh, Moto Concepts team. Benny Bloss uh, is on a Yamaha, it looks like. Justin Barsha 
is for the uh, Monster Yamaha team. Shout out to the Blue Crew. Then you've got A-Ray, uh, Vince Freeze. Shout out to Freezy. Um, Austin Politelli, Ken Roxon is in there. Um, yeah, super, super deep field uh, for the 450 class. Um, scroll down for us, dude. We'll look at the 250 West. Dylan Ferrandis, one W son. Mm. I'm, I love one plates, man. Like it's, I hate it when guys win the championship on the West and then they race East the next year. Yeah, I'm like, dude, you wasted it. You blew it. Like that's what I said to Todd when he won the <laughs> motocross championship. He's out riding with a 47. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? Rip that shit off ASAP and mm. milk that one plate for everything it's worth. Um. So yeah, Ferrandis, Jeremy Martin, dude, back in the saddle. His cr- it's been a long time for him. Dude, so I heard, I don't know if this is true. Again, this is just like the little fairy talk, you know, little birdies. Yeah. I heard that he had an, like a really big insurance payout, but he didn't get it if he ever raced professionally again. So basically he had like an insurance policy when he broke his back and then it was like a career ending insurance deal. So, um, but for that to happen, you've got to end your career basically. Yeah, yeah. So he's literally backing himself to come back and win races again. He could, and it would have been millions, man. Like it was oh, like yeah. a million dollar payout. Yeah. So Weston Pike is in the same boat. So you know how Weston fucked his eye at Bercy last year? Yeah, yeah. So I think he's doing that because his left eye or right eye, he can't see out of it. So he's never going to be back to a hundred percent. So pretty gnarly. So I think, I think Pike has taken that insurance payout, mm-hmm. but Martin has gone, no, I want to come back to race. Shit. Dude, those boys are <clears throat> so savage, man. Mm. Like I stayed Especially at... Especially outdoors. Oh, gnarly, dude. Mm-hmm. I stayed at uh, the Martins. We shot a, a project for Red Bull after Millville. Those guys went out and just did motos in the heat, like hot as fuck. Motos on the, the Millville National Track after the National with no water on it. Mm. it was fucking atrocious dude like I would have not wanted to do one lap around there and they pumped motos out Nicoletti (laughs) got 11th I think on the it was something around there it was 11th or 15th or 12th like he did good in the 450 Mm. and he pulled off the track he was like I'm out I'm not doing it and then they went for a brutal mountain bike ride they rode mountain bikes around Millville so you know how hilly that is yeah they did and it's pretty sandy yeah (laughs) so there's service roads fire truck roads that go around the whole thing yeah so they rode they did mountain bike around there hot as fuck and then they did motos and Nicoletti went over the bars, took all the skin off his face, like smashed himself, and then rode back. Was like, Dude, those boys are psycho. Yeah. Then he did the motos, pulled out of the motos as well. So that's how gnarly those those Martin brothers are, man. They are full on savages. It'd be interesting to see how he goes. Oh man, it's such a crazy question mark. Yeah. Um, Shane McElrath, dude, this is gnarly because McElrath basically you can't say dogged the KTM guys, mm. but. He didn't re-sign with KTM and the Troy Lee team. That's where he's been his whole career. They kind of picked him up from amateurs. I think there was a little bit of a thing where the Tyler Keefe and the Troy Lee boys were sort of blindsided by him yeah. not signing with I them. I heard. I, yeah, I was on Motorspy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was kind of gnarly. So he has been... Because last year, the guys weren't happy with the bike. They mm-hmm. just could not get the suspension right. Mm-hmm. So that's why this year they signed the guy from pro circuit to come over and be their in-house suspension dude yeah. so because the guys were just struggling to get the bike right last year 
So it's crazy to see Shane leave the team because what if what if that suspension dude could have just got it so dialed for him and mm-hmm. then he could have stayed there. The bike was familiar. The team was familiar. Him and Tyler were super close. I don't think they are anymore. Yeah. And he like, said he was a bit salty about it, I think. That yeah. stuff weighs on you too, man. As like Shane, as a rider, to go to the track and to look over at that team, there's baggage there, man. Like yeah. it plays on your mind as a rider. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's like... But then saying that also, like, I understand what he... Yeah, I don't, sure. I don't understand how he left, but that might have been the wrong way to do it but you can a, understand a, why you a fresh to. a fresh start for him like new bike even from new gear to new bike like yeah. to a new team new truck that might be what he needed and the team that won the title last year yeah so stars got heavy hitters man and i don't know a person that's gone from another manufacturer to a yamaha and hasn't not liked it yeah and rode a lot better well the yamaha 250 really mm. i rode ben's when we were in New Zealand, that's the hands down the best 250F I've ever ridden. Yeah. It was crazy good, man. Yeah. Like I'm, I want to get one now. Mm-hmm. It was that good. Yeah. So um, I have people ask me like, "Oh, I have a, like a 15." Because that's what you ride, eh? Yeah. They're like, "I have a 15, 2015 was a 250F," and I was like, "They're sick, but get rid of it. Nothing like the new one. Like the new one is insane." Yeah. No, I totally agree. I rode yeah that week, and I was I come back and I I i'm in a group text with ben now trying to get one <laughs> come on i need one of these bad boys dude um so then you've got colt nichols another heavy hitter on the star racing team uh alex martin he is on the jgr team so both martin brothers on the west coast i've heard they got a new suzuki 252 really someone did say that but i didn't know that but someone said that they're that whole that new 250 is new really rm so maybe that's what they wonder if it's got electric start yet <laughs> Um, and then you've got Michael Moseman I think he's in for a really good season Brandon uh, Brandon Hartenrath so the whole the whole talk right now around the Troy Lee KTM team is that they have the weakest rider Mm. essentially that bike didn't do well last year the guys that were on that team left you don't really see that a lot in modern day motocross you don't see like a mass exit of a team and a team having to rebuild with all rookies. I couldn't really tell you a time where that has happened. So the whole talk right now is that that is the weakest roster. Yeah, but that's like, imagine them going to his sponsors and saying, his sponsors and saying, this year we're just going to take it easy. Yeah. Like this year we're not we're not chasing a title. Well, I mean that's always you the always goal, want but to, yeah. yeah. But they don't. I don't know if they really expect it this year. It'd be like football teams having rebuild. You see that a lot in football, mm. especially American football, where they'll be basically waiting on like a draft pick to get a new quarterback and then they restructure a whole team around a quarterback that's sort of what's going on with the Troy Lee KTM guys is they've got instead of a new quarterback they're bringing in a new suspension guy because suspension and chassis is basically the most important aspect of a bike in supercross and motocross realistically so they're bringing in essentially a new quarterback Mm -hmm. and then they're trying to build a team around that and then there's contract years so you'll get guys either moving up from amateurs or wanting to move over from other teams so they're kind of restructuring but with that being said brandon hartraft Mm. he went to the final straight rhythm with roxon absolutely worked everybody in his bracket Mm -hmm. i don't think he would have raced a uh uh 252 stroke much in his career so even though he's a rookie and he's supposed to be in the weakest team in the field on a bike that people said last year was not the best bike yeah. i actually think 
he's going to win some races. And I think even he'll definitely year, be on the podium. Last year, he was like, he, he was never like, I don't even think he podium, but he was always there. And he was like always in front of the factory guys as well. Dude, yeah, he was really good. Yeah. But he was on that Yamaha too. Yeah. I feel like that Yamaha was the only good, like, not the only good, but that was like a really good privateer bike to be mm. on. Like you could actually make that as good as the, the yeah. factory bikes. Dude, yeah, you're right. He had a like a really good season last year. Yeah, yeah. Man, yeah, I honestly think that he is going to be one of the dudes that can win races on yeah. that team for sure. He'll definitely be up front. And then Derek Drake was super fast mm-hmm. uh, outdoors. He <laughs> had the moto in Florida that he led for most of the moto until he crashed. Yeah. So I think it's a... I definitely can't see those boys winning the title this year. Mm. Uh, but I could definitely see Hartraff winning races. I think he, he's he got a great style for Supercross. If the bike works good, he looked comfortable at straight rhythm, obviously. Like, he went to the yeah. final with Roxon. And he raced Roxon to the finish, too. For sure, dude. So, yeah. yeah, I think that, yeah, people are doubting Troy Lee KTM and what they have the potential to do in 2020 i think that's a mistake i think that they have a guy in brandon hartraff that can win races Mm. i think i don't think that he'll be a title guy but i mean dude look at what happened with colt nichols he was no one's title guy yeah and then last couple years he's found himself with red plate here and there Mm -hmm. so it's like you, he was cycle trader too exactly so they, they, they're like a building team for sure man yeah so um all right so that's that list there done and dusted um your predictions so let's pick your podium one two and three for the 450 class and on web web for the win yeah uh, on, Tom- mate, rapid Tom- fire tomac roxon Webb, Tomac, Roxon. So that's your 450 podium. Yeah. So who is your 250 podium? Ferrandis. Uh, Ferrandis, sorry. Um, sorry, McElrath. Yep. Ferrandis. Dude, he's always good yeah. at that one. And then Cooper. So you're going. Three star boys. Uh, Dude, I didn't even talk about Justin Cooper. No. We just got fully side. Uh, we actually didn't even. I got fully sidetracked at heart, right? Uh, yeah, so Justin Cooper, damn. Jordan Smith, he's on Pro Circuit <laughs> Cowie. Yeah. Fuck, this class is going to be gnarly, dude. Yeah. Holy shit. Uh, Derek Drake, Christian Craig, Jet Lawrence, Luke Clout. I'm just skimming now. And then we've got... Um, where's Jay on there? He's not even on there. That's weird. We should make sure he's entered to race. <laughs> Um, yeah, obviously, Jay Wilson. Uh, where's Aaron Tanny? Is he on there? He is... What number is he? Because they're normally... I think he was 108, so yeah. he's not on there either. Yeah. All right. There must be something going on there. Um, but yeah, dude, that's a gnarly class, bro. That's Ooh. a heavy, heavy, heavy lot. I don't know how anyone's supposed to pick the winner in the lights class right mm. now. That's wide open, bro. That is as... Who's, who's racing east? Yeah. Well, then I feel like... Sexton was supposed to race West yeah. as well. So imagine he was in there. I mean, he's well, not... Well, they would have taken one of the other guys. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, interesting to see Christian Craig. I'd say that what would have happened is they would have moved uh, Jet to mm. West Coast because of Sexton. I'd say that's what they would have had to do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah so you love you would have had both lawrence's on the east coast which would have been yeah. pretty sick um <laughs> dude i just want to see them stand on the podiums together so bad yeah. like imagine it, those east west races if they they yeah. both get and the box. but i feel like hunter will be in front of jet because hunter will not want jet to be Dude, I know. That's, <laughs> oh, the, that's the shitty thing about it though man like they'll push each other yeah. to the end of their careers like they will go fast they'll be the next big things yeah no i totally agree and everyone's say, like people have said it like the next chad reeds yeah but they'll be the, a pair of chad reeds it'll be like, the new that's like a mm, new thing yeah to have like oh, those aussie brothers yeah it's mm-hmm. gonna be sick yeah. um i do i don't even know how i'm gonna pick a podium for that uh i feel like dude you could be onto something with Mikael Rath winning the opener. He's always good at A1. He's always quick. <laughs> He's always good at A1A. Yeah. His starts are always sick. Um, I'm going to go for... Uh, I'm going to go for Ferrandis, Mikael Rath, and... Jordan Smith, third. Yeah. So that's my podium for the lights. Uh, go up to the 450s for us, bro. And then I'm going to go Ken Roxon, Adam Cincerillo, and Eli Tomac. Mm-hmm. Like, but how the fuck? How you can't pick? There's no way you could pick all. all I feel three bad putting the person in third. Because That's what it's I mean. Like, shit. This yeah. Cra- yeah, it's a crazy. It is gonna be the craziest, craziest season. Yeah. Um. Oh, it's five thirty. You gotta go. Mm. You gotta bounce. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. D's out, everybody. Um, I'll finish off this last little bit. Um, I don't think there's that much more to do, to be honest. Yo, yo. Uh, D has left the building, so he's got to go to the driving movies with his girlfriend. Uh, all right. So yeah, my predictions, uh, they're done. Um, I guess that's sort of really it. Uh, I did want to mention, uh, special mention Dean Wilson, uh, is racing this weekend at uh, A1, which is super rad. He's been very quiet. I didn't even know, um, but he deactivated his Instagram and then he wrote a message. Uh, basically, I'm, I'll look it up and read it out, actually. Um, basically saying that he needed some time to um, time to himself. I'll read, the, uh, I'll read the post now. I took two and a half months off IG and we're back. Uh, I'll go into more of that at a later time, but sometimes you need uh, to just disconnect and work on yourself mentally, physically, and even spiritually, at least I did. I've been on the bike for two weeks and to even think that I'll line up at A1 is an accomplishment in itself. This injury has been so gnarly uh, in so many aspects. I told my close people when I got injured that this was it, enough was enough, and I was done. But also... Uh, this was the worst pain of my life as a few days went by um, man I'm getting old I can't read this stuff as a few days went by and things calmed down I felt like I would be leaving something on the table if I quit and walked away so after an insane amount of PT gym training and eating the best I could I'm lining up at A1 I'm a little behind everybody so I need to give myself a few rounds to get stronger so be patient with me but I get paid to race and that's what I'm going to do. I have the best team and sponsors and fans behind me. I want to personally thank my sponsors for giving me my space and my own time to work on myself the past couple of months. See you at A1. Uh, man, it's kind of, it's so gnarly to think that Dean was that close to walking away. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, that would be such a huge loss for the sport if that did indeed happen. Um, but I'm really glad to hear that that isn't the case. Uh, he will be at A1. He looks so good at Monster Cup. And I think that maybe it's, yeah, I don't know, maybe it's sort of the same thing that Townley struggled with for ages, just the fact that, you know, you want it so bad, you put in so much effort, you try so hard um, that it just ends up, yeah, literally biting you um when yeah when things go when things go wrong so um yeah crazy to think that he deactivated his account and had to take some time away i'd love to talk to dean about it um i'll try and give him a call at some point um now that i guess the dust has settled on everything but man it's it's crazy Uh, i definitely personally feel more pressure now than i used to with um with this thing growing even and how many people are messaging you all the time. And, um, it's definitely, it's not something that you deal with and it's some, it's not something that you deal with as when you're just like not in the public eye or you're not putting yourself out there. And granted it's the, it is like you do ask for that attention. You put yourself out there and you ask for it in a way but I mean, you never get taught how to deal with this stuff. You never, I mean, I call it naive or dumb. I don't know, but I never thought that the podcast would get this big. So it's like you go into it and you think that you're like, oh, it'll be fine. I can't see it kind of even getting to a point where you would have that many people messaging you, but it sort of happens quick and you don't ever get told how to deal with it. And you don't even really... I, I don't even think it's something you can deal with until it actually um, it, it's right there in your face and it's sort of on your plate. So, uh, and Dean's just on a whole, like a whole different level. Like he's nearly got a million people that he can, you know, talk to or potentially talk to him every day or look at his life and follow what he's doing. So it's a lot of pressure that comes with that. You add in the pressure of being an athlete, your livelihood uh, is based on your ability to be healthy and win races. And when you can't be healthy, um, you know, your livelihood's affected. And then again, like what Dean just mentioned in his post is just the physical pain. Like how much, how much pain can a person be subjected to, uh, before you just get sick of it. And I think we saw that a little bit with Jats this season, Jackson Richardson in Australia. I mean, he was coming off this crazy shoulder injury and it's like, it just hurts, man. Like the dude, it just, it literally hurts to be to be him and go through all the therapy, the crash hurts, the post-op hurts, the surgery sucks, the, you know, you're just going through pain. And when it's over and over and over and over, the race results aren't coming. Um, you're worried about losing your job. You wonder how much longer you can do it for. I just, I don't even know that these guys get enough credit for just how much pain that they're willing to, to put themselves through, uh, and, and, you know, keep like, the famous Rocky quote, how many times can you get hit and get back up? Um, but that's the case. That's what Dean's doing. He's got hit again. Um, and he has found the strength and the courage to get back up and have another go. So everybody knows I'm the biggest Dean Wilson fan out there. I love that dude. He's such a great, great, great person. He's so good for our sport. Uh, and the fact that he will be lining up at a one is music to my ears. And, um, yeah just just super pumped i didn't know it was as bad as it was for him so uh for that you know to come out kind of rocked me a little bit but that's a i guess a happy ending to a pretty gnarly uh situation and also i think that it cannot be 
I guess, said enough just how good Bobby Hewitt is uh, as a team manager when it comes to that kind of stuff. Like, he would have Dean's back until the cows come home. Um, and he would have given Dean that space. Uh, I know that Kelso and the dudes at Rockstar would have been cool with him. I mean, there's stuff in their contract about how much they need to post. And, you know, for Rockstar to be cool with that uh, is you know, goes to show the kind of company that, that those guys are running as well and that they do really care about their athletes as individuals. So uh, while it's kind of a gnarly story to come out uh, and and come to light with the way that Dean sort of, sort of dropped that in an Instagram post, I actually think it's like a positive feel-good story that shows that teams like the Rockstar Husky team and Bobby Hewitt have their riders' backs, Husqvarna have their riders' backs, and Rockstar have their riders' backs to let Dean take that two and a half months uh, and just do things in his own way and on his own time. I think that is a super positive thing for uh, for the sport. Um, but yeah, I think that about wraps up this edition of Supercross Companion. We just wanted to uh, do a quick, I guess it hasn't been that quick in the end, um, but yeah, bit of pre, pre-Supercross content, talk about some of the key storylines. We will be watching the race live tomorrow. We will then be editing it as fast as humanly possible posting it it will have the uh time markers on so you can re-watch the race and watch it with us uh hopefully it gets a bit of a following this year it'll be a quite a fun thing for us to do um i'll just be getting different friends i'll be getting riders uh could have tyler berriman here quite soon we're working on that um so yeah, we're gonna, there, there's going to be some stuff that I will miss because I'm going to Vietnam uh, on that uh, Vietnam motorcycle tour again in February. Uh, so I think I'm going to miss one or two of the rounds due to that. Um, I'll try and maybe do the wrap up or something like watch the motos and, and just still do some kind of content from that, but might be a little bit hard with everything that is going on. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for sticking around. Uh, if you're listening to this on iTunes, uh, these shows are way better on YouTube um, just because you can see the stuff that we're looking at. Uh, the Supercross Companions will be rad on YouTube. You'll be able to see uh, and watch us, uh, I guess, as, as the race is happening. Uh, if, you're, yeah, if you're on the iTunes, please head over to YouTube, make an account, subscribe. It helps us out massively. Give these videos a like and comment. Um, it's, uh, I've, I've honestly been against pushing this whole thing this hard for the last two years and it's kind of shown um, the whole YouTube thing just hasn't really done that much I didn't know that I even wanted to enter into that space everything's always been on YouTube but I don't know man YouTube's just like its own weird deal you've got to act a certain way you've not act a certain way you've got to you've got to run your brand a certain way and I've even come like I've had a bit of copped a bit of shit this week for even just the Pastrana thumbnail that I posted where it said Brian Deegan was the real sellout. That's a direct quote from Trav and I haven't edited any of the podcasts at all. So in my mind, like I get why it looked clickbaity because, you know, the fo- there's like a photo of Trav pointing at the camera and then there's like the mean mugging shots of him and the Deegan's like the thumbnail. It's like, that's designed for people to go hmm that's kind of gnarly to hear Travis say that and then you play the video and then you hear what he says and it's like people can go oh that's clickbait well I guess it kind of is like I want people to watch these videos but the end of the day my reasoning for I guess why I still feel okay about it is because I'm not editing Travis at all it's exactly what he said there's no 
There's no editing. There's no cutting. I'm not changing anything. It's literally word for word. And what I said on the thumbnail is exactly a direct quote. So anyway, we're pushing it a lot harder because, you know, there's money to be made. We have to, we have to keep the lights on, um, in the studio. Uh, you know, I've got D doing some stuff. I've got Mick that helps out. Like it's, it's too big of a thing now to not be like making money to pay people because it's overrun my life. I need to get my life back a little bit. Um, so yeah, anyway, long rant, but subscribe to the YouTube channel if you can. It definitely helps us out. Um, we're working hard to have new videos every day, some old content. We're going to be going through some of the bangers um, and yeah, posting some dope segments. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can follow us on Instagram at Gypsy Tales Podcast. Uh, it's got a link to our merch store. That really helps us out as well. We're going to be doing a ton of merch drops in uh, 2020 with the help of Sam Moore uh, and Fist Handwear because I suck at doing the merch stuff myself. So again, you just you get to a point where you just like have to get help with this stuff because it's just it's too much. We had 1.6 million downloads on iTunes this year, a million on YouTube, and like we didn't really even push the YouTube stuff at all. So it's like it's definitely turning into. Uh, a beast uh, of a machine to run so um, follow us on instagram at gypsy tales podcast you can subscribe to us on itunes all of our shows are on spotify uh, go through the back catalog there's a ton like i love motocross i'm from motocross this is my whole deal this is what i grew up doing my whole life but i'm interested in a lot of other stuff and we have a lot of really interesting people come on the show uh, that have nothing to do with motocross amazing amazing people from underworld gangsters to female mixed martial arts fighters uh m carey fell out of a plane skydiving and broke her back but now she can walk again uh just re- some really really epic stories mark hunt heavyweight ufc veteran um so yeah if you if you do want to you know expand away outside of the motocross stuff um there's definitely a bunch of cool stuff on there if you're one of these people that's new to our youtube channel over this month so uh anyway that's enough uh from this episode thank you again to all of our sponsors um thanks to d for being in the studio and helping out uh with today's show uh and we will see you tomorrow for the first official supercross companion watching a1 i am pumped uh as you cannot tell because i've just talked about it for over an hour uh peace thank you everybody for listening we appreciate each and every one of you